Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Well, it is good to see you on this new year, and we're uh, starting a brand new series today called Game Changer. Now, I'm a football fan, so I'm in, it's the playoffs times for the NFL, and, and it's exciting. Of course, the college uh, uh, national championship game will be played tomorrow, and we Georgia fans are not excited about it, but anyways, right? Okay, I figured I'd hear some woohoos or boohoos or whatever. But what I want to tell you is that what I've noticed is, is, is that it's the little things in games that becomes a game changer. Like, I've noticed that when, when teams are down, like, you know, it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, third and long. And all of a sudden, the, uh, the opposing team, the defense, will jump offside or something. It's a five-yard penalty. And, and all of a sudden, it makes that, that next play easier. You know, or, or it gives them uh, uh, the five yards they need to make a field goal or something. It's the little bitty things like that. It's the little things that makes the biggest difference. You know, you can even take that to, um, you know, to uh, uh, temperature as well. Like, you know, at 211 degrees, water is just hot water, right? But you bump it up one more degree to 212, and all of a sudden that hot water becomes boiling water, and the steam off of that water can move a locomotive. Isn't that amazing? Here in Georgia, we definitely know this, right? I mean, when it's raining and it's 33 degrees, it's just cold rain. If you're ball-headed, it's cold all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's just cold rain. But you know what? It drops one degree, right? One degree, 32 degrees. And then all of a sudden, we have ice, and we're very aware of that. What I'm trying to tell you is that 2019, in order to have game changer, it's not the big thing you're looking for, it's the little things. It's all the, it's the little tweaks that bring the highest peaks. And so I want to challenge you to begin that this year with that. And we're going to do in this series to help you do that. So every week in January, we're going to take one thing to help you make a little tweak of God's Word, and it's going to make your life better if you'll do it. And today what we're talking about, the game changer we're talking about today, is fasting is a game changer. Fasting. Now, some of you are going, what is fasting? And some of you are going, oh no, I can't believe he's talking about fasting. <laughs> fasting, first of all, is giving up something that you desire in order that you might want that object. And, and the more that you want it, talking about food specifically, the more that you want it, it reminds you to focus on God. That's what it is. So, so, so fasting is not something, oh, no, I got to give up. It's something I get. I get more of God when I fast because it helps me focus on God. And so today, as we dive into this message today, I want to give you the reason why we should fast. Because many of you sitting in this room, you're saying, you know, why should I do that? Well, I want to give you three things today that I think are going to motivate you to want to do this journey with us. And we're going to do this over the, starting tomorrow, we start a 21-day fast, and we'll talk more about that at the end of the message. So, let's dive in. You ready? Okay. Are you ready? Yes. All right. So, why fast? Number one, you ready? Fasting reminds me 
Number one, to embrace the unchanging Word of God. To embrace the unchanging Word of God. I want to take you to the life of Jesus. You know, Jesus for 30 years was pretty much unknown. Do you know that? I mean, like, really nobody knew who he was. And then, then he, Jesus, right before he starts in to do anything, any miracles, anything, before he really begins his ministry, all of a sudden he does two things that, that get my attention. First thing he does is he walks by a river and there's a man there baptizing by the name of John the Baptist. And, and Jesus walks up and says, I want to be baptized. And when he's baptized, it's amazing. There's something in the water. Because when he was baptized, the Bible says that, that, you know, God spoke from heaven and the Holy Spirit descended on him in the form of a dove. Now, let me tell you something. If you've not been baptized, maybe you was baptized as a little kid, you know, but you really, you haven't done it since you've been an adult and you haven't lived up to your baptism. I'm going to tell you to be baptized, be rebaptized, 2019. That's the first thing Jesus did to get his year right. And then he begins to move from that baptism. He walks right out of that baptism, again, by himself. Nobody really even knows who he is. And, and he walks out, and he walks into the desert. And the Bible tells us about this experience that he has before he does anything significant in his life, of significance. Watch what happens here. In Matthew 4, it says this, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by who? The devil. The devil. Okay. Now, now that's... that's that doesn't make any sense if you're looking and say, why would God lead someone to be tempted by the devil? Well, let me just say this. Sometimes God has to lead us through a difficult place to get us to a new place. You see what I'm talking about? Some of you right now are in a, in a, in a mode of a difficult place. Sometimes it can be, seem like tempting. But I'm telling you, God wants to lead you through that difficult place to get you to a new place. And 2019 is going to be your new place. Amen? Amen. Okay, and he goes on and says this. So after, what's the next word? Fasting. fasting. See, this significance here. Baptism and then fasting. For 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on what? Bread alone. Bread alone but on, let's read that together. You ready? Come on. Every word that comes from the mouth of God. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was telling the devil this. He was saying, listen, yes, we need food to survive, but we need God's word to live. Did you hear that? You can make it with having food in your body, but you can't really live until you have God's word in you. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you something. Those people that say that God's word makes you weak. Oh, no, no, no. God's word does not make you weaker. It makes you wiser. And being wiser makes you stronger. Isn't that, right? Isn't that true? And, and we need a little more wisdom in 2019 if we're going to have a better 2019. You can't, you can't do better or be better until you know better. So you've got to get better in you. And that's God's word. Amen? Now, now let me just tell you. I love Google. I like Google, I should say. I like Google. Google has been my friend. This Christmas, my son uh, uh, said what he'd like for Christmas was his radio stopped working in his car. And so I said, okay, bring it to me. I'll see what I can get done. He said, for Christmas, I'd like my radio fixed. I said, okay. So Rhonda and I uh, went down to a radio store and, and told the guy what we, kind of car we had. And, and he pulled it up on his computer and said, oh, no. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? Oh, no. I mean, he freaked me out. You know, oh, no. 
He said, man, just the part to get to, to just make a radio work is $300. He said, by the time all said and done, it's going to be $800. I said, that joke ain't been that good. I just tell you right now, heck no. I said, I ain't spending no 800 He said, well, my advice you would be is to take your radio out of the car and then go to a junkyard and find a, find a radio and replace it. Well, you know, I really didn't say a whole lot to Rhonda because I'm like, I'm not that guy to take a radio out of a dash. You know what I'm saying? So we go back to our home, and sure enough, my son's car there. So I, I, I slip out into the garage, and I Google how to take a radio out of a 2014 Ford Focus. And so this YouTube video pops up, and this guy comes on there, and sure enough, he shows, like, within five minutes how to do it. Now, I mean, he made it look easy. And so I said, okay, if he can do it, I can do it. And so sure enough, I went in that car, and it worked just like he said, and within five minutes, I had that radio out. I walked into my house, and I went, ta-da! She's like, what is that? I said, it's our son's radio. She said, it doesn't look like one. I said, it is! And so I said, so we need to go to a junkyard. And so we got into, we drove my son's car over there. Now, there's a hole in the dash, all right? It's like, it looks like we just stole the thing, all right? And so we pull up into a junkyard. I haven't been to a junkyard since I was a kid, I guess. And so it's a muddy, it's raining, muddy driveway. So I'm sloshed my way to the door. I go in, I ask for a radio. Sure enough, they have one. 50 bucks, I get a new radio. I'm not a new radio. I get a radio. And, uh, and I come back into the car. And, you know, and Rhonda stayed in the car because the place looked a little sketchy. She wasn't getting out. <laughs> and so I put the, I, right there, right, I got in the car. And, and right, right there in the car, I'm like, uh-uh. And I went ahead right there. And she said, what you doing? I'm like, just be quiet, be quiet. I threw that radio right. And within, I'm telling you, within five to ten minutes, I had that radio back in the dash. Everything's back together. And I hit the power button. And the radio come on and it played. Yes. <laughs> When that thing worked, I looked at, Rhonda looked at me, and she didn't say a word, but her eyes began to sing. Did you ever know that you're my hero? <laughs> so I like Google. I like Google. But here's what I want to tell you. Google's not God. Google's not God. I like Google, but I love God. Because, see, Google is only man's Wisdom, and it depends on who's putting the, the information up there. You know what I'm saying? There's some freaks sometimes that put stuff up. So you can't trust everything there, but you can always trust God's Word. See, Google might help you solve a problem, but God will help you solve your life. And, and so, see, why I want to encourage you to read the Bible in 2019 is this reason. Because when you get in God's Word, God's Word gets in you. You say, well, you know, I don't get anything out of it. That's all right. When you think you're not getting anything out of it, it's getting in you. Right? And it's going gonna, it's gonna to come out of you when you think you're not getting anything out of it days later. So when you get in God's Word, it gets in you. And wh why is that important? Because it changes the way you think. And when you change the way you think, then you change the way that you uh, react and the way that you act. And what gets us in trouble is the way that we react. Amen? I mean, like, you know, if you would have had more of God's Word in you and I would have had more of God's Word in me, I wouldn't have said what I said that got me into what I got into. Right? I would have learned to listen and not speak so that nobody would become angry is what the Bible says, right? Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and, and you won't get angry what the Bible says. 
And so I want to challenge you. So I have this quote coming up on the screen here. I, I took me 10 hours to come up with this. So here it is. You ready? Let's read it together. You ready? Okay. I was wondering what kind of emotion you was going to give it without me saying it. And you was like, oh. Let's say this like you're excited about it, all right? I spent 10 hours coming up with this. You ready? Come on. Life stops stinking when I change to God thinking, right? And that's it. If you, you want to change in 2019, you've got to get more of God's thinking in you. Are you. Listen, if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always got. So here's the change you need. What, what is it? It's not a new husband, not a new wife, not a new child, not a new parent. It's God's word, right? Right. All right. Okay. All right. So remember... Reading God's Word. So I want to challenge you to do this. And so I have a challenge, the next step on your connection card. And it says this. It says, I will do my best to read or listen to the Bible five minutes, five days a week. Five minutes or five days a week, for five days a week. Will you, do, will you take that challenge? If I could get you anything to make your 2019 better, it would be more of God in you. So will you do that? Now, would you say five minutes is not a lot to ask, is it? I mean, five minutes. So here's what I want you to do. Read or listen to it. Now, we have an app that's coming up that's available. It's not our app, but it's, it's a great app. It's called the YouVersion Bible. Put it on your phones, and it'll read it to you. So and listen, when you're driving to school, why do you want to listen to the bad news? Turn off the bad news and turn on the good news. When you're driving to work, why do you want to listen to the bad news? Listen, if the bad news was bad news last night when you went to bed, it's still bad news in the morning. Listen, we know the government's shut down partially, and listen, you being mad about it won't change it. So there's no need to keep listening 24 hours a day. It doesn't change. Turn off that and turn on God's Word. Amen? Depression begins to leave when you turn that stuff off. Okay, so fasting is a game changer. All right, here we go. Number two, why fast? Because fasting reminds me to seek the approval of God and not the approval of people. Oh, this is so good. I should have called you this morning and told you this one. <laughs> it would have helped your day already. Look, we're going back into the desert with Jesus again. Notice the, the second temptation the devil gives him. Look what he says. The devil took him to a holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Now, look at this. If you are the son of God, he said, would you read those next three words out loud with me? Let's read them. Ready? Come on. Throw yourself down. Let me look at me, everybody. Look at me. The oldest temptation the devil's got is suicide. The oldest temptation. And right now, in our time that we're living in, it's epidemic. My uncle, 58 years old, took his life last Wednesday. We're going to bury him tomorrow. It's an epidemic. And so, listen, so I just want to stop here and tell you, take the time out to tell you that we're not going to stand by and just let this happen. We're going to do something about it. We're going to equip you to know. We're going to equip you to know to know the signs, to know what to say, and know what to do. And so we're doing a suicide prevention seminar in February. It's on the back of your program. You can see the information. But we're going to do it, and I want to encourage every one of you to come because listen, you don't know what employee that you're working with that may have that coworker, friend, neighbor, relative, family member. You know, school, schoolmate, classmate, you don't know, but you need to be equipped to what to do. And most of the time when people start talking to us about suicide, we get scared to death because we don't know what to say, right? I don't know what to say. Do you? I don't know what to say. 
And so I'm going to find out what to look for, what to see, what to say, and what to do. And I want you to do that with me. So I just want to make you aware of that. And if you're in our school system, please, please pass this out to the people around you. If you're in law enforcement, please pass this out to people around you. And if you're, you know, if you're on your, wherever you are, let people know about it because you're going to come in contact that you can save someone's life. And we want to make sure that happens. Okay? Let's go on to the verse. Look what it says. For it is written, the devil, look what he says. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. But look what Jesus said. Jesus answered him. It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. What was the devil saying? He's saying the same thing that he's been say, saying to you and me, he said to Jesus. And you know what it was? You know what the same thing that he was saying was this? The devil was saying to Jesus, do something to make me like you. Did you hear that? Do something to make me like you. And my friends, that has gotten us in more trouble, and all of, our, all of us have experienced that. I don't know about you, but you know, that's why I started cussing years ago. I mean, like when I, I don't do it now, but I did then. You know, what I, you know what, I tried smoking years ago because of that. And when I grew up, you know, Grease had been popular, you know. The movie Grease had come out. Some of you will have to Google that. But, you know, but, you know they, rolled a, they rolled the cigarettes up in their sleeve. And, you know, when my parents went around, I got me a pack of cigarettes. I rolled them up my sleeve. I was cool. It's a bad man. You know, drinking, drugs, spending too much money. All of that, why? Because we want people to like us. It seems the world is saying, you got to do something to make me like you. And all of, us, all of us fall subject to that. All of us understand that. Now, you say, well, I don't know that I do. Oh, yes, you do. Matter of fact, when we post something on social media, what are we looking for? We're looking for how many likes we get, right? I mean, it's like, it's like how many likes did I get on that? How many likes did I get on that? It's amazing. We don't post what we like on, face, on Facebook or social media. We post what we think other people are going to like. Isn't that amazing? How that we've sort of fallen into this trap of saying, I've got to do something to make you like me. And we're in this culture, and we're always looking for this. We're always looking for somebody to give us this, give us this, give us likes. It's amazing to me because we want to fast forward in Jesus' ministry after he leaves the, the desert, and, and we find him in another scenario. I want you to walk with me down the dusty roads, roads of Jerusalem. And as we're walking down this dusty road, it is dusty, but we're finding and we're seeing men that are in, in a circle, and the closer that we get, we hear them screaming and actually kicking the dirt and yelling. And as we get closer to them, we find that there is a woman laying in the, in the middle of this circle, and, and she's, not, she's just barely clothed. And they're screaming things at her, saying, you know, you prostitute you, you know, you adulterer you, because she had just been, we find out as we listen more, that she had been caught in the act of adultery. She'd been sleeping with a, 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 another lady's husband. And now that they've thrown her out in the streets, and, and they have, we look a little closer, and if you look a little closer, you will see that they have stones in their hands. And they're mad, and they're about to just kill her right there. But Jesus is in the crowd. And, and listen, their voice gets a little louder because they look at Jesus and they say, okay, the, the Old Testament says kill her, stone her, but what do you say? And Jesus rises up. And as he begins to speak, the, quiet, the, the, the crowd begins to calm. Can you hear them? They're just, the voices are lowering. 
And all of a sudden, right there, Jesus says this. You, 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 you. That's without a sin, cast the first stone. And right there, right there, right there, every one of them right there begin to, to begin to think about it. And one at a time, the scripture says, they begin to drop their stones and they slowly walked away. The mob began to leave. Now this woman who's been caught in adultery is laying on the ground and Jesus looks down at her. He's looking at her. Can you see him? He's looking at her. And he asks her the question, where are those that want to hurt you? And look at her answer in John 8 and 11. It says this. She says, no one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go and leave your what? Go and leave your life of sin. So what Jesus was saying is this. Jesus said, I already approve of you. I already give you the like sign. I give you the like sign. I, I already approve of you. I already like you. But I do not give approval to your lifestyle. You see what I'm saying? And he's saying, you've got to change. You, you, don't have to, you don't have to do anything to get my approval. See, this lady had fallen into that trap. Okay? She fallen into the same trap that a lot of us fall into, to where people were saying, do something to make me like you. And she had found the only way that she could get people to give her the like sign, to give her the like sign, was simply by using her body. That was it. And, and it was horrible. And guess what? All of those likes that she'd been getting had been causing her pain and regret. When she would go to sleep at night, she felt dirty. And when she woke up, she felt dirty. And but, but when she would get around them and they would give her a like sign, she'd feel good for a moment. But as soon as that was over, she felt dirt again, dirty again and regret. You see, when you live for other people's likes, this is what you get. Pain and regret. But when you live for God likes, for what God likes, you get freedom, you get peace, and you get joy. Amen. Did you hear that? When you, so the choice is ours. Who, who am I going to live for? Who am I going to live for? And I would say that Jesus was telling that woman, listen, God already approves of, of, you, of you as a person. He already likes you, but just do the things that God likes. And it's written in the Bible. We know what he likes and dislikes. Live for what God likes. Now, I got a question for you. What are you doing right now, right now to fit in? What are you doing to fit in? Who is, it, who, who is it that you're trying to fit in with? And what are you doing? You say, you know what? Well, I, I won't fit in them if I can't drink as much. You know, I, I won't fit in with them if I can't, you know, have the things that they have. I can't spend as much. I won't fit in. Well, I'm going to tell you something, friend. If you keep living for these from people, you're going to have pain and regret, pain and regret, pain and regret. But if you live for these from God, you're going to have freedom. Pressure, freedom, freedom from the pressure, freedom from the pain, and freedom from the regret. And you're going to have this peace inside of you like you haven't had in a long time or in your life. And you're going to have this, this joy. And when you look in the mirror, you're going to like that person that you see because you're living for the God likes. Amen? Amen. Yes, just to go and give God a hand for that. That's good right there, isn't it? Okay, nobody agreed with that. I did, I thought it was good. So my question, what are you going to change? Remember, fasting is the game changer. Why? 
because it reminds me, it reminds me to seek God's approval and not people's approval. All right? Okay, so let's move to the third thing. Why fast? The third thing is this, is that it focuses me on what matters most. Focus on what matters most. Fasting reminds me to focus on what matters most. And again, we go back into the story. Jesus, again, is in the desert. The devil is tempting him. It says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. He made it all look good. And all this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and what? Okay, let me tell you something. The devil doesn't care if you're worshiping him. Like, he didn't, you know, go to a, a devil-worshiping church or something or, you know, have a seance in your home or something. He doesn't care about that. He's not trying to get you to do that. He doesn't mind as long as whatever you worship is not God. That's his goal. You know, listen, he'll, he, he didn't care if you worship your job. He didn't care if you worship the hobby that you have or your kids' hobbies or whatever. He didn't care if you worship your, uh, your, your children or, or your spouse or, or your parents. Or, he doesn't care what you worship as long as it's not God. And so that's his tactic. Just be aware of that. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written. Let's read what's underlined together. Ready? Come on, let's read it. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Look what happened. Then the devil left, and an angel came, and angels came and attended him. So there's three things that I would like to share with you today in order to focus on what matters most. You ready? The first one is this. Would you write this down? Expressing love to God. When I'm expressing love to God, that's what I'm doing is worshiping. That's what worship is, expressing love to God. Now, we just had six Christmas Eve services here two weeks ago. And I just want to say thank you for all of you that, you know, it was a great day. And you helped us, you helped us make people have an ex a great experience that come to be our guests. We had over 1,333 people attend those six Christmas Eve services. Can you say praise God for that? <laughs> Amen. Now the, now, the reason we want to do that and the reason we celebrate that because 15 of those people, were no, they were not bound for heaven, but after, that, after those services, over 15 people gave their life to Jesus Christ and they're on the way to heaven. They were able to really enjoy Christmas for the first time. Now, let's just give God about a hand for those 15 salvations. Amen? Awesome. But, you know, so I did, I did all six of those services, and so I'm about delirious by the end of it, uh, to be honest with you. I don't know what I said and what I haven't said. So I'm walking back into the crowd here, and there's a guy that's sitting back, you know, this, on this side over here. And I walk back. It's before one of the service, and I reach out uh, to shake his hand. And he shook my hand. He said, listen, I don't know if anybody's told you that they love you today or not, but I want you to know I love you. And I said, Thank you. That means a lot to me. He said, he, and I said, no, they haven't. Uh, he said, what? I said, no, they haven't. He said, you mean Rhonda hasn't told you that she loved you today? Uh-oh. When he said that, all of a sudden I have this dilemma. Do I tell the truth, throw Rhonda under the bus and say, no, she hasn't told me today? <laughs> or do I, do I say something like this? Do I say, you know... Uh, well, I haven't told her I loved her today. You know, so I'm in this, what do I do? Beep, beep, beep. 
You hear that? The bus backing up. I threw Rhonda in the bus. Heck no. No, she didn't tell me. She didn't. Matter of fact, why don't you go tell her she should? I don't know. But because of that, because of that moment, it really did make me think, you know, I really haven't done that either. And so I need to do better in 2019. I, I need to do better at telling her more often that I love her. And so yesterday, uh, we were sitting on our sofa. Uh, Rhonda, she's not feeling, she wasn't feeling quite well yesterday. She's got a little cold. And so I said, Rhonda, let me see your hand that your ring's on. And so she put it up there, and I put my hand, my ring's on, and I let our wedding rings touch. And I said, Rhonda, I want you to know I love you. Now, listen, she's on cold medicine. She said, is that supposed to make me feel better about this? <laughs> Dang it. What I wanted to ask you this question about God. Have you told God today that you love Him? You see, He wants to hear it. It's expressing. I'd like to give you an opportunity today to make God's day. To make God's day. And I'd like for you, you know, I'd like for everyone to say it, and I hope that you mean it. And I want us to just to simply say the statement, I love you, God. Would you do that with me right now from your heart? Say it. Don't say it to me. Okay, I'm not God. Now, if you want to say I love you, Jeff, see me afterwards, all right? No. <laughs> Let, let's do it. Let's, do, let's say I love you, God. Let's say it together. Ready? Come on. I love you, God. Come on. Do it one more time. I love you, God. Just one more time. I love you, God. You know what? God just told everybody in heaven to shut up because he just heard you say that. Will you make it your goal to express love to God in 2019? Simply, would you start your day off with saying, God, I love you? And then watch it change it. Remember, it's those game changer moments, and that's, that's a moment. The second thing I would say, if, you know, if we want to um, focus on what matters most is make, uh, making a difference. Making a difference with our life. That's what we need to focus on. Jesus said that. Jesus said, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So make a difference with your life. Look, the question is not, it's come up on the screen. The question is not, WWJD, what would Jesus do? The question is, WWIDIJWSH. You're like, what are you talking about, man? I knew you'd ask that question. So here's what it stands for. Look what it says. Ready? It's coming up. What would I do if Jesus was standing here? It's one thing to say, what would Jesus do? Oh, he's the son of God. What would he do? But listen, if he's standing right here, would I pick up that trash? If he's standing right here, would I post this on social media? If he's standing right here, would I say what I'm about to say to that person? The question to help you get better in 2019 is not what would Jesus do, but what would I do if he was standing right here? Because he is. And so it will help your life to get better. All right? Okay, the third thing is this. Focus on what matters most is this, is the presence of God. The presence of God. We go back into the verse again. The last part of the verse, notice what it says. It says, Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. I just want to tell you something. If you're going through something, there's a time that God said, that's enough. And he's going to be with you the whole time. There's a time he says, that's enough. You see, Jesus kept giving himself back to God. Every time the devil would tempt him, he just gave himself back to God. He just kept giving himself back to God. You know what I want to say to you is this, is that when you, get, when you realize that you're in the presence of God, the presence of God, 
makes you realize the power of God, and that should give you the peace of God. Did you see that? When you, when you realize that you're in the presence of God, and then all of a sudden, I'm in the presence, I know God's presence is with me, and His presence brings His power, so the power of God's with me, so I have the peace of God, because I'm not afraid. When I know that God is near, there is no fear. Amen? When God is near, there is no fear. And so what I want you to know is this, is whatever you keep giving back to God, the devil can't have. The devil cannot steal what you keep giving back to God. Like, you know, and this is a message that, this is a message that does not, this temptation of being afraid that the devil is going to take away something from you never goes away. My father-in-law is 74 years old. Rhonda and I went down on New Year's Day, and uh, we pulled up to our house, and I, I got out. Rhonda went to the house, and he said, Hey, Jeff, let's take a ride. So we, uh, we got in his pickup truck, and we began to just ride around their community. And we was, for no reason, we were just talking. I thought maybe he wouldn't really tell me something, you know, or something. Well, just no reason. But the conversation come up was this. Watch, listen, what, listen to this. He started talking about stuff, and he said, You know what? I guess if things got really bad I could sell my home and move into my camper now his home is paid for all of his vehicles are paid for and as far as I know he didn't have any financial struggles but that fear is still back here right that something's going to happen and take this away from me I looked at him I called him granddaddy I said granddaddy I want you to know something you ain't got to worry about that because the, the presence of God is with you and the favor of God is with you and you don't ever have to worry about it. You have taught us all of our life. I've known you for over 30 years and you've told me how God has taken care of you every step of the way and that we can trust God. So my, whatever you've given to God, the devil can't have. So listen, the devil cannot steal your marriage if, you, if, each, if a couple will keep giving it to God. The, the, the devil cannot, he cannot steal your children as long as you keep giving them back to God. Amen? And it may, it may take 60 or 70 years, but God's going to do it. Amen? And, and so I want you to, the devil cannot have your job as long as you keep giving it to God. The devil cannot have your finances as long as you keep giving it to God. Whatever you keep giving to God, to God the devil cannot have. Amen? And so what is your, instead of worrying about it, you say, God, I gave you my marriage a long time ago, and it's yours. And God, I gave you these children. We dedicate them to you, oh God, and we give them back to you today. Even though it looks like, God, they're driving me crazy. It looks like they're on a highway to hell. Lord, you got them. Amen? Anybody feel what I'm talking about? Some of you, you know, your parents are driving you crazy. Some of your parents need to grow up, don't they? And you're like, oh, God, you give them back to God. And whatever you keep giving to God, the devil cannot have. See, Jesus, when he kept coming into Jesus, he showed him all this glamour stuff, and Jesus just kept giving himself back to God through the Word of God. You see, we're about to enter this uh, 21 days of fasting to remind us of the presence of God. But this is what I want you to know before I even talk about that, is that how do you have the presence of God? But first of all, you've got to have the Son of God in your heart. And the only way to do that is you've got to invite him in. He's not going to break the door down. And we have a prayer for you today. 2019 is your time right now for you to come to God or come back to God. And so there's a prayer right here in our program. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. I want you to just read it. And if that's you, you say, God, that's me. That's me. Lord, I want to come home. Become a Christ follower. And then we're going to ask you to check this card on the back. This is I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. 
so that we can pray for you. All right. The next 21 days is fasting. Now, there's a sheet inside of your program. It's called the Daniel Fast. This is some ideas for you to follow. Now, am I asking you to do that 100%? No. Because some of you are going to look at that list and go, I can't do that. And I'm looking at it going, I can't do that. But what I want to tell you is do something. Give up something for 21 days, something that you really are going to miss, okay? Uh, don't give up, you know, like, <laughs> never mind, I better not go there. Give up something you're going to miss. I was about to say, like, visiting your mother-in-law. Okay, I'm going to fast that. No! See, I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> yeah, somebody's, somebody's going to wake up in the middle of the night getting that one. Give up something. Now, at SCC, we don't have any fasting police. So that means if you walk into a restaurant and you see someone eating something that's not on your list, okay, they say, oh, you don't go, hey, you ain't supposed to be eating that. No, 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 no. It's your fast. Give up something. Why? Here's why. Because when we fast, it becomes a game changer. It reminds us of the presence of God. It reminds us of the presence of God. And so if your 2019 is going to get better, you've got to live in the presence of God. So would you stand with me? Remember, when I am reminded of the presence of God, I remind that God is near. And when I realize that God is near, there is no fear. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.